0: 16 presents
1: Welcome to episode 4 of I Dream of Cameras Episode 4? Episode episode 4? That's crazy Episode 4 is when the wheels come off I'm Jeff Greenstein.
0: I'm Gabe Sachs.
1: This is the podcast where we discuss cameras, camera collecting, camera ephemera, camera obsession. We're back. We're back. We want to start with some thank yous. First of all, thank you to everyone who has reached out with comments and suggestions and feedback. It's all been overwhelmingly positive. As we've said, we're not used to that. It's helpful. Thank you. Very, very helpful. We also want to thank the composer of our theme song.
0: Yes. Fred Corey, who's a dear friend and... An insane talent. You know, he literally plays every instrument. But he was the drummer for the, of course, multi-platinum Cinderella. He was in Cinderella, that amazing hair band, for years Fantastic. and years and years, most of his life. Um, arcade, played with Guns N' Roses. I can go on and on. But uh, he's such a talent. And uh, he gave us choices. He literally gave us some stuff. And yeah, you told me he opened the vault. He opened the vault for us. It was the coolest thing ever. So we got to listen to a bunch of stuff and we picked one and it was amazing and he yes, made it very so, easy and we're very thankful so thank you fred Corey.
1: yes thank you to fred for the excellent tunes also we got to thank my brother keith greenstein who designed our logos because we have multiple ones so talented. and our website com, which we're going to launch probably concurrent with this episode so if you go Absolutely. to idreamofcameras.com you'll be able to see links to all the episodes uh, pictures of our camera collection episode summaries and also a link to our inimitable merch page where you can get all of our logos on all sorts of apparel and bags and pillows and coffee cups
0: it's gonna caps. be a lot of fun it's gonna be it's fun. a lot of fun
1: yes so this is episode four and the theme of this episode is the unwanted meaning the cameras <laughs> that you let go the cameras you hang on to inexplicably what is the process of parting we're going to talk a little bit about that but to kind of move into that a little bit i wanted to ask about lending do you lend your cameras gabe
0: i love lending my cameras talk now the to reason me about i do that
1: because you're obviously better adjusted than i
0: well the reason i love lending my cameras because i feel like i am passing on an addiction to someone else right like not okay. only do i lend a camera to someone after they have it for a few days i bombard them with youtube videos and history of the camera and all the information they had so they will eventually buy a camera or buy a film camera and get into it i love getting people addicted to cameras it's one of my favorite So you things are ever. really the pusher like i am and, the pusher because they, they yeah. get the ca- they're so used to digital that they'll get the camera and go wait a minute i've got 36 shots and oh my gosh i got to take my time here and And It's going to take longer, and then they're thinking more, and they're thinking about what they're shooting more, and they go, oh my gosh, this is photography. It's not just snapping 10,000 pictures, and then you pick one, so it's very exciting. You're a
1: very admirable person, I got (laughs) to say. Occasionally. I, I tend to be a little weird about lending stuff. I'm just mm-hmm. going to be honest, because this is this is a safe space where we yes. talk honestly. But I will tell you, no one has ever asked to borrow one of my cameras. And so I feel like one of the things we're going to do, Gabe, you're going to borrow one of mine. As
0: an experiment, this is a great thing.
1: It's going to be just part
0: of just psychologically just moving me to the next level. Because I feel I like think, it's time. I think you're when people... I think people want to borrow cameras from you, but I think you have a don't ask me vibe when it comes to oh, your cameras. What that might happen.
1: What, what am I, oh, you, you're just conjecturing that I yes. have a don't ask me vibe. Have you yeah. observed that vibe in action in the time we've been interacting?
0: No, but I think that you could give a glare when someone goes, oh, that's a great <laughs> camera. <laughs> and you're sort of like, do they want to borrow it? Please, they're okay. not going to borrow it, so I'll give them the glare, and they won't borrow it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But you're very liberal. It sounds like, like, is there I anyone you
1: wouldn't lend? The one, that, is there anyone you love too much that you would not lend?
0: Yes, I feel like I wouldn't lend my M6 that I used during Freaks and Geeks. That because... was my first, because ca- it was my first camera. It was my first so you, yeah. camera that I saved up and and you know traded all that stuff and saved up for the lens and it just that one means a lot i think it would be hard for me to right okay
1: all right but other than that it's open season i think so that is nice well i'm telling you you the door is open and anything in my collection is available to you i just mine as well part of me evolving i'm excited for this next stage for myself
0: i dream of therapy that's our (laughs) exactly it's our spin-off show
1: is there an example of a character, a character, character, <laughs> is there an example? It shows what we do. Yes, exactly. Is there an example of a camera you yourself have borrowed from a friend
0: and then later acquired? Jeff, the problem I have is that I don't borrow, I just buy. Like, it's ah. a huge issue. So, so I will, for some reason, you know, get on some board, either the emulsive or get on some site and... And I'll see people talking, and they'll talk about a camera, and they'll get so excited. And I go, "Well, these guys I've never met and know nothing about love the camera. I should get one. That's really that's and you're already, I think. There. You're already there. I'm already there. I gotta find it out. I gotta find. I gotta yeah. find. Not only do I fi- I have to find the exact camera that could be horrible. I yeah. have to find the exact one and use it. And that's I just don't have that. I don't borrow. I just sort of just, just buy it if I can, unless yeah. it's crazy, crazy expensive. But yeah.
1: I only have one example. I mean, first of all, other than you, I don't have Mm -hmm. a lot of people in my circle who are film camera aficionados, so the the circle is relatively limited to begin with. My friend Josh, who is an avid photographer, he has moved on to the Leica M10. He does not shoot film anymore. He has film cameras, but he no longer cares about them. Mm -hmm. My friend Tyler, same thing. He was only too willing to lend me his Pentax 6-7 because he said, I don't shoot with this thing anymore. He said, I humped it up a mountain in Thailand, and that was the end of my love affair oh with the gosh. 6-7. And now he does have whatever. He has a Nikon D something, whatever right. the best D there is. Um, right. So he lent me the six-seven, and that was the gateway drug to me buying my Pentax six x seven because I liked it, but I needed, you know, as I've mentioned, the different logo, and I needed a more metal body and stuff. But that was the one example I can think of of right. borrowing a camera from someone and then moving on to acquiring. Because I'm like you, most of the time my my sequence is I read about it or I see somebody using it, and the next thing is I'm on eBay or K E H Hunter, right? Exactly. Yeah,
0: and or I'll see some you know, amazing photographer. I'll look up some history or something and I'll just be like, I've got to, uh, I got to have that camera. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just have to, like, I'm just reading about it and I get excited about it. Now,
1: are there examples of cameras that other people rave about that either you have
0: tried and discarded or you're just, just not interested? Okay, so th- this is, there's a few. So one thing is I can't, And I've seen beautiful work from these, but the Lamography, you know, oh, interesting, you know, toy cameras, toy cameras. And I have a book of the most unbelievable artwork from those cameras. Sure, but I cannot create that artwork. So I do not. That those are cameras that I just. Those are not. You know, people love them, and people love the simplicity and the love that we can do with them. But I would say in the world of highly hyped, I would definitely say the Contax T2 and the Contax G2. Interesting. And Wait, um, did we
1: touch on this? Did you say that you had used these cameras? And I have
0: no, the T2. I have and I've used. I just can't. It's not my friend. I love interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. I love how it feels, and on and on. And the G2 is. I you know I have a friend. Um, Brandon Steadman, who has, you know, he he just sold a mint condition black kit of a G2. Stunning. Mint sure. condition, beautiful, beautiful. And it took every muscle in my body not to buy it, knowing that I don't have a good relationship with it. <laughs> like we so, broke up a long time ago and right. I don't want to see you again. Yeah,
1: But it was strictly born of just camera envy. Just the...
0: The monkey on your back, yeah, right? You exactly. just. Exactly. And, and yeah. the T2, it's like, you know, every time I'm thinking of selling it, then there's someone that, you know, I see some amazing photograph and I go, oh, well, maybe I'll learn to do that one day. Yeah. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. I have, this is sacrilege.
1: I'm just going to just preface this by saying it's sacrilege. I've never bought into the Hasselblad thing. I, just I don't haven't. know what
0: to tell you. So I, is it because the, what, give me the reasons. Like what are the Well, I,
1: I feel like it is, I mean, part of it is, you know, that my my general uh, prejudice is toward portability and right. handheld photography as right. opposed to studio photography or so forth. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think that also it feels weirdly out of reach to me in a way like the whole it's an entirely new system to invest in and i know that there are lots of different versions there are focal plane versions there are leaf shutter versions there are polaroid backs there's all this it just feels like a studio based approach i'm completely prepared to be wrong a no, tripod based approach that is not in sync with what i typically like to do right. and also the physical object I just don't find them beautiful. And I know that that's, again, not a ridiculous prejudice to hold because I know they're extraordinarily well built. I had, do you know Rocket Photo on Coldwater, the old lab that shut down last year? Don Hagopian, who owned that lab, in addition to it being a one-hour lab, he did portraits. So he had the incredible Hasselblad setup. I mean, he had the you know, the Halliburton case with the, you know, the aluminum and the cutouts and all the different bits and bobs. And he was, when he decided to retire and shut down the lab, he was selling the ideal Hasselblad outfit. Like everything you could conceivably want. A couple of bodies, all the best lenses, all the best. And I took a long look at this because it was all in really good shape. Obviously, incredibly well cared for, used like lovingly. Right. And just was like, no, I don't think so. I know did that's you, crazy. Did you
0: listen to
1: I the know shutter? I shut it, it's but a the, beautiful shutter, sound. the shutter is nice. It's a nice Chink. sound. It's a nice I sound. Know, I know it's kind of like an M3, <laughs> kind of like the like M3. You know, it's that mm. little...
0: But all right, so talk back to me. Tell me why I'm wrong. Okay, so first of all, it, yes, it is a well-built camera. It is beautiful. Lenses are amazing, yeah, I will. I, you know, I will agree with you about the studio aspect of it. I do know Chris Lowell, who's an amazing actor, yeah. and he is also an amazing photographer. He he's the one that I got hooked on um, on a on a Leica M four yes. that I put around his neck during a show we produced, and he went on to be this amazing, amazing photographer. And he used to take his. Hasselblad 501, I believe, and just take it everywhere. Take it to sets, take it to work. And he got these amazing photographs and he just committed. I think it's the commitment you're carrying this thing around. Yeah. And I think once that commitment is there and the photographs are amazing. I love the portraits. There yeah. are, um, you know, the, the 50 millimeter produces amazing everything, landscapes, you can do portraits on it as well. But it's, it's, a, it's a great system. My problem with that camera is that it has not cooperated with me oh, in what <laughs> regard it will jam a oh. lot, so I have to bring it in a few times and until I I'm see. happy. but this and, is a system that you've used and liked is what you're saying yeah i u- I use it and like it, and uh I will say it's better on a tripod for me, yeah.
1: I just, I don't know. I know people rave. I, I sent you a link earlier today. KEH was listing their most right. popular film cameras not of the year and also of the decade. And I see that the Mamiya RB67 is on that list all the time. I've handled an RB67 and I haven't actually shot one, but I played with it. It is just too big. It's too big and it's an awkward box in the hand. <laughs> And I have to, you know, I talked about this. I want the camera in my hand at all times or worst case scenario, like over my shoulder. These just don't feel like cameras where that's possible. I like shooting with my Roloflex. I just saw One Night in Miami. Have you seen this movie? No. Oh, it's very good. And one of the things that it picks up on is that Malcolm X, um, who was portrayed in the film along with Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke. Malcolm X was an avid photographer and he's got a Nikon F and a Roly 3.5E. And he talks a lot about how much he loves cameras in the film, which, of course, I really appreciate it. But That's anyway, so, so great. I love shooting with my Roly, but it's an around the neck, you know, thing. I love shooting with my Pentax 6x7. But that is the outer limit of how much weight I can handle, I think. I think. Wow. I know. You may have I to know. try it again.
0: You may have to borrow a Hasselblad. I may have to borrow
1: a Hasselblad. <laughs> okay. Hmm. All right. Mm. Other ones that you that people love that you're just not into. Anything else? Any other ones? No. Sadly, I'm into everything.
0: Oh, good. <laughs> I okay. uh, I'll give it a try at least.
1: Now I'm looking over your shoulder and I'm seeing a press camera, a ra- a large format press. That's camera. really
0: that's really funny you bring that up. But yes, go on.
1: <laughs> Talk to. I don't shoot large format. Yeah. I. I mean, I consider the largest format I shoot is Polaroid FP100C and FP3000B where I salvage right. the negative. That's as big as right. I get. Right. I fear large format. I again, it's a tripod-based, humping equipment around lifestyle, but you clearly do it.
0: Or do you? Let me tell you something. You're seeing the Linhof right here. Yes. That's where it stays because I'm terrified. Oh. So he, here's my <laughs> issue. I I have a speed graphic in the closet. Okay. I'm dying to use it. I have all the holders. You know, I have to get all the toys with it and, and make sure I have it. It's in the case. It's. I'm very excited about it. But the actual getting it and putting the film in those holders, I'm going to screw that up. There's no question. I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to expose the right. film. And it's going to be over. And then I'm going to carry that camera out. I'm going to take some portraits with it. Freak out about... Wait, do you put this in? Do you put, do you turn yeah. it over? Do you do this? Is this, is the light exposed? Is the, you know, that kind of thing makes me nuts. And I just want someone to teach me. I want to use that speed graphic because those portraits are amazing. I've told you about the Frank Ochenfeld's portraits. That sure. He uses, you know, Graflex and some other cameras and with broken lenses. And he gets these amazing images out of them. And I really want to learn how to use them. Like I really, really love them. They just scare me, and I, I've seen people shoot with them, and especially the really large, the you know eight by tens with the drape over there with the dark cloth, right? The dark cloth, and and they get beautiful, beautiful shots. But I am sure I'm going to screw it up, so that prohibits me from taking it out of the case and learning about it. I need someone with me to go.
1: So you have the gear, but you also have the fear. Yes. That's
0: another t-shirt we should have. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> I've got the gear. I've got the fear.
1: Okay. But here, so you've never shot with these devices.
0: Okay. Yes. I've never shot. <laughs> I've never wow. shot with, wow. e- I have two. I have the, oh, I, I have tried because this one, the, uh, Linhoff has a rollback. Oh, okay. and I have tried shooting with it and nothing came out. Um, And the speed graphic I got at a garage sale about a year ago uh, down the street. And it was, I got a bunch of stuff and it was not very expensive at all. And um, I just haven't done it. Hmm. But I have the holders.
1: Yeah. But I love that you laid in all the equipment and it's just sitting there. Are you afraid because it's expensive, because the film's expensive? No. You just don't like failing.
0: I don't like failing. (laughs) Uh, Jeff what business are you in as if you don't know this
1: (laughs) yeah no you know what I'm just this may not be entirely analogous but I got as you know my life was changed by the lab box I love the lab box I dove right in on processing my own 35 millimeter it's got two different modules that attach to it it's got the 35 millimeter module and I also got the 120 module because gosh wouldn't it be great to process my own 120 film Right. I have had this device for a year and a half. I have run hundred, uh, at least hundred rolls through it. Thirty-five. I'm afraid to process a roll of one twenty, <laughs> for fear I'll screw it up. Same right. thing. Right. I have all the gear, but I also
0: have the fear. Well, let, and, me, let me let me on that note. Um, so you know the metal reels, the cool yeah. ones, the co- like yeah. the cool like metal reels. I, that use the metal tanks. And I the have them. I can do that terrified i need this is what i need i don't need just a patterson plastic reel i need the reel with the giant plastic parts that oh I, I know where you go where you twist twist where twist. where there is no failing in the dark that i am going to get that film through that slot i am i mean that metal and i have a bunch of them and they look really cool under my yeah. sink but i am not going to be in the dark bag trying to do <laughs> that thing because i in my head i'm going Oh, it's never going to work. But that plastic thing, it just there you yeah. go and you just twist it and it's all Interesting. happy. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Well, I like the metal reels and I'm pretty adept with them. Though you I will tell you detreat. in this weirdly I am far more adept standing in a darkened room with them than I am working in a changing bag. Got it. It's almost like my like what is the term telekinetic? That's the wrong word. <laughs> my my kinesthesia that is the word that's the actual word my Amazing. kinesthetic sense works better when my eyes are completely taken out of the but if i can look at my hands struggling inside a changing bag i get sweaty and I do you get know what's really interesting
0: here. that's really interesting because you're not going to believe this but when i use my changing bag yeah i close my eyes
1: that's smart but that's i don't smart.
0: i've just done it because i used to do it in a dark room yeah yeah, I that get it. That must be one. All right.
1: So, okay. All right. Well, I wish you well with your experiments in large format. so Thank you. So much. I mean, Thank I, you. I'm, you know, I was listening to All Through a Lens, an excellent podcast, yep. and they were talking about how they shoot x-ray film because it's so cheap. Right. And like pennies per frame. And wow. so you don't have the investment in film that comes from, you know, worrying that like if I blow the dark slide once, I've wasted five bucks. Right. Right. Um, But you're saying that's not not the issue. It's just fear of failure. No. I got you. Okay. It's uh, fear of failure. Gotcha. I want to talk about the falling out of love with a camera. Because, again, our theme is the unwanted. And so can you talk about a situation where there was a camera? You know, you and I both make romantic comedies. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And so there's an arc to a romance there's the first flush of passion. You can't stop thinking about her. And then eventually it becomes routine. And then there's this sort of point is, is are you going to be able to sustain it or is it going to end? What is an example of a relationship that ended and how did it end?
0: Well, the problem is that I I don't ditch them. Like okay. I, I get angry at them. It's uh, like I get angry and you feel punish like them. I punish them. So <laughs> I feel like that if uh If the camera doesn't produce what I think it should be producing, then I get mad at it and I put it on the shelf and I go, There, see, see what happens, right? You put on the shelf, yeah, that's how I think. And I get very, very angry. So, a lot of times, I don't ditch them. There is, but there are times when I do ditch them, then all I do is. Is decide that that's the best camera in the world i should have kept that camera i did that with a -A mamiya 7-2 which i got these beautiful portraits with and it was light and it was a rangefinder and it was fantastic and i sold that and then also with a um there was an oh with the g2 i had the g2 kit and sold that i still don't like the g2 but I, I for some reason every time I see someone's amazing pictures with either of those cameras I go I can't believe I sold them I can't believe I broke up with them and then I you know I just want so them you back. just
1: put you put them in camera jail for a while I put them in camera jail that's absolutely do they ever the say it. get out of camera jail does a camera ever
0: like you know okay. it's calling to you okay so here's a camera that's this is a camera that's in camera jail right now in fact I'm not even gonna look at it it's to my <laughs> left it's to my I don't left. I do not want it to know I'm talking. I don't. About it. I don't even want. To, <laughs> I don't even want to know. I'm saying anything about it because then will get excited. Am I getting out of the getting out of the closet? <laughs> um, so the Mamiya C330. Okay. Oh, so it's in I love. Jail? What? I love my Roloflex and um, I the C330. The portraits that I have seen friends get with it are amazing. I have the lenses. And I love for some reason I'm either I'm doing something wrong, which is probably which is 99% of the problem with me in cameras, um, or something's wrong with the camera. But I really I love that camera. But the last time I took it out, it just failed me because then I'm looking at the roll effects, I'm bringing like three or four cameras to shoot, and how, that one. How different is
1: the shooting experience? of a Mamiya C330 versus a Roloflex.
0: It's different because you can focus close up. You can literally use the bellows um, system on it, and it's beautiful. And what you see in the frame, in the viewfinder, is absolutely stunning. That was uh, Diane Arbus's camera. Yeah. That's what she shot. Before she moved into 35,
1: I saw her. Did you go to the Arbus show at the County Museum when it was there? Yeah, and they had her actual camera, which I loved, so you could gaze upon her C330. (laughs) Well, I am more fickle, it sounds like. I'm more willing to kick cameras to the
0: curb. And I am always I always, I always, always do feel like I have too many. I always feel like I have too many. But you're good at thinning out, and that's something I haven't learned yet, and hopefully you'll teach me about that. But you're well, very good I'm, at... Well, I'm kind of conscienceless about it. Like, if
1: I decide... And, yeah, as I said, I don't sell stuff on eBay. There's two ways in which a camera will leave the house. I either give it to somebody as a gift, or... I give it to the KEH guys and they give me a check which I which I have license then to spend on more photographic equipment. Right. But a lot of cameras have moved through here that I have let go of over the years, you know. I had a realization recently that I've entirely shifted from being a Canon guy to being much more of a Nikon guy where the 35mm SLR is concerned. You know, my first SLR was a Canon EF, which I have and love and will never get rid of because I'm sentimental. But then at a certain point, I had two FTBs, one black, one chrome. I had a Pelix, I had a T90. Um, I was just piling them up, and I had a lot of lenses for them. Um, And then I got a Nikon FM3A, which I completely fell in love with. I think it's probably my favorite of the 35 millimeter SLRs I'm currently using. Oh, great. Because it's compact. It's just so easy to use. And I found myself starting to shift away. And so I've offloaded all the cannons except for the EF.
0: It's the only one I got left. But you're not crazy. emotionally attached. Like, do you feel like once they go- see, okay. So I wish, because this is, and I'm sure you do the same. So if a pilot doesn't get picked up, let me tell you how dead that script is to me. If Ah. a show of ours doesn't go, and I'm done. Like, I I literally... It's the easiest thing. It's like, boom, onto the next. Wow. That's my... I'm the opposite.
1: I never let go.
0: Look at this. Look at this. You know,
1: I'm still... You know this. This is a sidebar, but you know that I am still like toting around a pilot I wrote in 2007 that people seem to still want to make. I can't let go of any of those things. I know when I fail. There are a couple where I go, this was ill-conceived, or this wasn't a good match for my talents, and I can let those go. But most of the time, I am a simmering cauldron of rage about how they failed to recognize my genius. Don't you do that?
0: Uh, Oh, no. No, I'm Uh. saying. No, (laughs) never. No, I do that... uh, (laughs) My writing partner Jeff Judah is is the ball of rage for both of oh, us. Oh, okay. That's so quite... he is he is uh, he is that person. Oh, that's good.
1: That's good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I go through you know uh, I go through these periods of intense infatuation with cameras, and I can tell sometimes if things have peaked, you know. Right. And I can also tell whether it's peaked in a way where I'm going to keep it around just because I kind of like it. And I like having it on the shelf because it's pretty to look at. And then it's peaked and I realize it's on its way out the door. I'll give you a perfect example. Do you know what a Vera is? Mm-hmm. You ever seen a Vera? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, they're yeah. really gorgeous. Beautiful. And when I first saw a picture of a Vera, the industrial design was so fascinating to me. The fact that it had no visible dials or gauges or even a film advance, I was immediately excited. And then of course, you know, they come in black, but they're much rarer in olive green. And so boy, did I go on the hunt, trying to find an olive green Vera, and I got one. And it is really a beautiful camera, beautiful. The film advance, you know, is a collar around the lens. It's like nothing else I've ever used. It's got, the rangefinder is a split image glass Rangefinder, so it focuses in a way different than any other camera I've used. It's not a two window rangefinder,
0: right? Right, yeah.
1: You know, so it's very accurate. The it's Zeiss Yana, so those lenses are insanely good. Um, and it was, I just found I was just not shooting with it. And I have a suite of cameras on my shelf that are colors because I have interesting, the, okay. Like, I like cameras like the Canon, do you know, Canon Demi. You know, that's their half-frame camera. There are very, very rare variants of the Canon Demi, which was called the Canon Demi color, which came in red, white, and blue. Not because of the US, by the way, or the UK, but because of Australia. And I collected all three, and it took a long time to get the red, white, and blue Demis. And they're not very good cameras, but they look so sweet (laughs) sitting on the shelf, and they weren't that expensive, and so I keep those around. The Vera was very expensive and when i wasn't shooting it it was sitting there in my colored camera shelf and i would look at it and i'd go like why don't i feel the love and the infatuation that i did when i first got it and i finally let it go and do you know not a good day goes by that i ever think of it i don't
0: look i think that we we mentioned this on the first episode it's the hunt a lot of the times the excitement is the hunt of finding that camera and going to every thrift store and every you know yes. ebay and online auction and facebook marketplace and everything you can to try and find that exact thing and once you have it if it doesn't perform and you're not using it you're going eh, well i'll let it go yeah <laughs> what was an example for you
1: of one where the hunt was worth it like the hunt and then you acquired it and it
0: became like your beloved for life i think the one w- which i we probably discussed but it was the um the black paint M4 Leica. Yeah, this is yeah. something I wanted for years and years and years and years and years and was absolutely never going to get it. It was never going to happen. It was they were so expensive, and so one day I was in New York and and uh, I was at the counter, the used counter, and this probably guy in his early nineties oh, wow. uh, brought two black paint m4s in in the and morning you specifically wanted a black one i wanted a black paint Leica. yeah which is and all the others that are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars yes were outrageous and primitive yeah so so if i could find something you know we're a good deal or on and on and so i go in there and i look and it, there's just one on the shelf and i go can i see that camera and he brings it over and it just was like oh my gosh it's perfect you know, naturally rubbed off, not this artificial, you know, thing yeah. that's happening now where yes, people are using right. sandpaper. Oh, the Lenny and stuff. Kravitz edition, yeah, where terrible. they take an emery board and yeah. they rub the edges. Awful. Yeah, but um, uh, I do love Lenny Kravitz and his photography. Oh yeah, he's very but good. But not the camera. Yeah, yeah, and so. uh but so it's. Are you just things.
1: protecting your ability to work with Lenny Kravitz
0: in the future? No, not at all, not at all. <laughs> I just, I, I just like something about that artificially rubbed. Oh, I'm with you. Crazy. So hundred um, percent. So anyway, so I saw it. I loved it, and I, all I heard in my ear was like, "Don't do this. Like this is yeah. just stupid." It's and it was, it was way less. It was twenty three hundred dollars, and now I was not spending twenty three hundred dollars in camera. And it uh-huh. was absolutely like a thousand dollars less than what they were going for. And I just said, don't, I can't, like, I loved it. And I turned it back. And I, as soon as I walked out the door, I went, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. But you know what? It's the smart thing to do right now. It was the time that, yeah, you know, I didn't need to spend that money. It's the right thing to do. And I walked out and I was leaving New York and I called Fred, our composer. Yeah. And I tell Fred the whole story. And I say, look, this is what I found. And this, is... he goes, are you insane? Go right back there and buy it. You're never going to find it for that price again. It's never right. going to happen. Go yeah. ever, ever. You've been looking for this for 20 years. It's never going to be at that price again. I said, no. Yeah. He, goes, he goes, get your credit card out and figure it out later. And I just said, um, I just can't. I just, I, and he was like begging me to do it. So I fly back to L.A.,
1: <gasps> really? every, day,
0: every day all I'm thinking about is this camera I'll take the dog out all I'm like I wonder where that camera is on and on so I I get home after a week and a half and I call up the guy at B&H and B&H the guy who I called he bought the other one for himself Oh, okay yeah and I called him up and I said I said okay just tell me who who got it was it a good person he goes he goes it's the craziest thing we we just were gonna put it up online we hadn't put it up online it's still here i go sold i'm buying it and he was wow. so excited that's great. it was a week and a half later yeah and um and i bought it and it's been like i'm so happy yeah. with it and i should But with you know a lot, i but... think i mentioned the acquisition story for the alpa
1: 11si it was very yes. fortuitous for me because i saw the camera at the shop at the beginning of a 3 week shoot in london So I saw it and I did not buy it on the spot because I'm an idiot. And so I just said to the guy, "Ooh, that's very interesting. Let me do some research. Let me think about this. (laughs) And then I told him, call me if anybody wants it because of what nobody does. Nobody wants that camera. Like it's such an exotic and beast that only somebody like me would want it. So I saw (laughs) it at the beginning and at the end of the three weeks, I went back and I bought it and I felt okay about doing it. So I had that same like time lag that you just described. To come to a decision. Because I am not good at making an impulse buy. Really at right. all. Yeah. Like, it's almost... I Tell me if you do this. Do you do it,
0: like, to reward yourself for turning in a script? or? Oh, oh I'll make any excuse. I walk downstairs and that was my exercise. I need a camera. Right. I am right. really, like, it's like anything. But definitely, you know, script or finishing a pilot or shooting yeah. something or... You yeah. know, I was in Albuquerque. You know, there's a million reasons I could say that right. I give myself to, to buy something. I like something, to think of. But-
1: yeah, I do. I think up occasions. Like,
0: yeah. nobody got me a camera for my birthday,
1: so I bought there myself a Wide Lux. By the there way, I just found out the Wide Lux is going to be in the shop probably through February. No.
0: Yeah. <sighs> I'm so sorry. So sad.
1: But, I'm, but, but I'm trying to think of it as a gift I'm going to get in February. Right. Right when it comes back, and it's all now. CLA'd. Did you
0: did you do all the stuff? You know, do all the magic? Did you do all the? Yes. I'm, I'm in the middle of a shoot. I, I did all the magic. <laughs> I did all. the I'm magic. in the middle of a shoot. I need it
1: back as soon as I can. I did. Yes, I did all that. And oh, none of it. None, none of it. None of seemed, it worked. None of it was persuasive. I tried. You know? Do you ever slyly drop the "I'm in the
0: television business" thing? <laughs> I usually just do it. I'm in the middle of a shoot, and usually I'm in that the middle works. of a shoot. That's very good. Yeah. That's probably that more works. artful. That's that more works. artful and than by the way now, Yeah, uh, exactly.
1: Well, I sent mine to the guy who repairs Jeff Bridges' Wide Luxes. And oh, so well, that's fancy. Yeah. Me, the little TV writer, it probably wasn't all that meaningful. I think Jeff Bridges is ahead of me in line.
0: That's pretty so, fancy.
1: Well, I'm very interested that you do have this raft of cameras that remain in camera jail. And yet you don't really have a mechanism
0: in place for letting them go.
1: That's very interesting. I,
0: I really need that because I also have the you know things that I get that I feel like I know what they are, which you are going to be gifted very soon, I'm sure. Yeah. But like the the Minox, the little those little cameras that you like. Yeah. Those yeah. The little, Do you ever, you ever a shot with one? Never. The little black ones, fold that, <gasps> that thing. Yeah.
1: They're yeah. oh yeah. they're well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they, I, I not know if they
0: work or not. So you're going to have to like even see if they work. I mean,
1: I. And it's one of the cameras that I'm a sucker for. I absolutely love Minoxes. I think I mentioned that my dad took all the pictures of us growing up with a Minox C, which I still have. It's never been serviced. Works perfectly. It's a camera from 1975. Wow. Absolutely terrific. Great machine. And over time, this is a very interesting thing. Over time, I eventually acquired all seven of the principal cameras in the Minox line. Wow. The riga which is the original one which is stainless steel and then the a the b the c the lx the bl i had like all of them and recently i decided to let go of one of them which is very difficult for me because I'm gonna have two more soon
0: (laughs) yeah oh okay (laughs) whether they work or not you're gonna have
1: two more (laughs) oh they're so great i mean they're great in a very you know it's a very different sort of photography Because you have to be aware that you're working with a negative that is the size of your pinky nail. So resolution is not where it's at. And also, subjects that are going to be small in the frame are not where it's at. So it weirdly alters the way you shoot. I imagine it's the converse of when you shoot large format, where you can do much more monumental subjects and you can pick out much more exquisite detail the minox forces you to think about large graphical statements in the frame like one of my favorite minox pictures i have which is actually framed sitting over there is just a clock it's a red clock against a blue sky and it works because it's just one graphic sort of glyph oh wow so it does change the way you Mm. shoot and of course the size of the thing is ridiculous right so again it's a you know my thing is always wanting to have the camera on me I love that it is a camera that you barely can remember you stuck it in your pocket it's no bigger than your car keys yeah it's crazy so yes but they are a mess I mean they are (laughs) slow to use you know it's very easy to put your finger in front of the viewfinder by accident they have no aperture control so all of your control is shutter speed not aperture but they focus down to like six inches which can be very cool at times yeah you know you stick some High-speed filming them, and you're, in, you know, and you're James Bond. Fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Let's talk about. I'm. I'm not going to use the analogy again to romance, but I want to talk about the cameras that are extraordinarily beautiful, but they're horrible. Horrible to work with. Horrible to shoot with. We know. Again, I'm not going to use the easy analogy here. What's a camera you've you have?
0: Or that is gorgeous, but impossible. I don't think it's one. I I think that to me, the most beautiful cameras are those old wood plate, you know, field oh, cameras with the brass lens and the and the knobs and the thing. I think those are the most beautiful cameras. But again, they're horrible because I'm scared to death of them. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like I mean. But would you ever get like one of those gorgeous oh, things just beautiful. as an object in your living room?
0: Maybe but I just want to use it like that, that kind of camera. I just go, it's so, if you go, go on Google and you will see the most beautiful cameras, you know, just wooden field cameras and you'll see just the, the coolest, coolest, coolest cameras ever. And I really, I love them. I love the way they look. I love the way they photograph. Yeah. I just don't know enough about them.
1: All right. Well, what about one that you're, that you, a camera you have hung on to that is pretty, but impossible. Is
0: there one? Because I have a few of these. Uh, pretty impossible. Yes. Well, I do like uh, the Pentacon 6. Yeah. Um. I just, I love the button in the front. I like, the yeah. chink, It's loud and on and on. But it's not very reliable. Yes. <laughs> and I do, yes. But I do like it. Not the most beautiful camera ever, but it's one of those cameras that I like. I love the way it looks. I love to shoot. I love to look down into it. And I love the noise it makes and then it, you know, I don't get yeah. the exact pictures I like.
1: I had a you're reminding me of a camera that's sort of similar in temperament to the Pentacon six. I had a Kodak Metalist two. Oh. Yes. That would have been my second choice. Yes. Now it was Beautiful. a gift, by Beautiful. the way. It was a gift, a writer that I worked with on *Will and Grace*, Laura Keitlinger, who I adore. I guess she'll never listen to this and know that I sold the camera, so let's hope. But she gave me a totally like tricked out, like metalist ensemble, like the camera, the case. There's all sorts of like different backs you can stick on them for close up work or whatever. She gave me the whole thing, and the metalists. I later came to understand is kind of a cult camera because it's got this enormous Ektar lens on it that's machined like a gun. Like the spiral is so right. huge and heavy duty. And it's a six by nine. Am I right about that? Is it six by I seven or six by nine? Right, it might right, be, right. I, I know that it's a rectangular large format. Okay. It is 620, which is a pain because you either need right. to re-roll your 120 in a uh. changing bag or buy 620. It's got the worst rangefinder. Uh, ever, It's like looking through a, the, the head of a pin to see <laughs> the rangefinder in this thing. Right. Um, the gauges and dials are awkward and ugly, but there was a time when I was somewhat infatuated with this camera because this was before I got the Pentax 6x7. The large negative was very appealing, but this camera was so just unwieldy, like carrying right. this thing around. Right. It just, again, it's that sort of boxy, No no sense of like ergonomics. But it looks very cool. It It really
0: does. It looks cool, and
1: so I did. I kept it around for a really long time, even though I wasn't shooting with it, and then I went through that calculus that we've talked about, which is somewhere out there is someone who would die for a Medalist too. Right. And so I got rid of it. And then promptly got another Kodak dog that (laughs) I want to talk to you about right now. (laughs) And this, I think, is going to be sacrilege for a lot of people. But let's talk about this. Oh, it's the most beautiful thing ever. This is the most beautiful camera it really ever is. made. It's and I will fight people on... the Do you have one of these? This you is, have to explain what it is. This is the Kodak Bantam Special. It's beautiful. The Kodak Bantam Special is a camera Kodak made in the mid-30s. They made it for about eight or nine years. It was very popular. And it was designed by the renowned industrial designer Walter Dorwin Teague and it is like a camera in a tuxedo it's so beautiful it's black enamel with these aluminum stripes across it it's the camera
0: batman would have had just so you know yes
1: totally seriously and it's a folder yeah so you pop it open which of course i love folders you pop it open so beautiful beautiful i will never get rid of this it's perfect it's a terrible camera have you ever shot
0: with one of these? I have never shot with it. What it's like? What is it like? It's terrible.
1: I mean, it's again tiny. It's the separate rangefinder and viewfinder window, which is right. always a drag. It has a really average ektar lens. There are people who are gonna say that that I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. It's a really average lens, nothing special. It's eight twenty eight. You know what 828 is? It's basically 35 millimeter, but yeah. with no sprockets. Yeah. So you have to find someone you either have to cut it yourself, which I ain't doing, or you're <laughs> going to find like a, whatever that classic film website is that sells film for classics. That's what it right. is. Right. I ran a couple of rolls of film through this thing. By the way, I bought this. This was an impulse buy. I was, at, I was in Portland mm-hmm. and I went to Blue Moon Camera. Right. Of which course. of course we all adore. Have you yep. ever been to their shop? Yes. Great shop. Yeah. Typewriters and cameras. And I saw a Bantam Special on the shelf, and it was very reasonably priced and in great shape. I snapped it up. I walked right out of there with it, and I thought, ha-ha, I have one. This is going to be my new favorite. And I never shoot with it. I never shoot with it. (laughs) What's wrong with it? It's just the the images are just very ordinary. They're (laughs) just – there's nothing kind of – You know, it's not fun to shoot with, it's not fun to use, and the results aren't so great. But on the shelf it looks so cool though. It's so pretty.
0: I mean, I would I'm never getting rid of it because it's Did you ever think of just taking it out, opening it up, and just putting your hand on your chin like you're thinking and you just hold that camera and everyone will come up to you and go, What is that camera? What is that? Okay. This again, all right, I'm gonna assume that it's episode
1: four, right? And listeners are already in love with us. Right. Yeah, so yes. if I say oh, yes. something really obnoxious and self-absorbed, maybe they They'll won't get it. Yeah. Maybe they won't leave.
0: They'll listen to. Do you five. think
1: about Gabe if you were ever profiled in a magazine? What camera you would want to be <laughs> photographed with?
0: I have never thought about that. I did. Again, you are a accident. better
1: person than no, I no, am.
0: No, no, no. I will tell you this: that I have been photographed for something, some publication, yeah. where I had my M6 around. Yeah. You would choose the M6. Probably.
1: Probably. Because also you don't want to be dishonest and have the speed graphic because you don't shoot with the speed graphic. Right. Right. Although
0: it would look really cool because what I would would. do with the speed graphic or spiel graphic, I would um, put it on my tripod and I would lean on it and look. Oh, thoughtfully. And I would get, I wear contacts, but I would find round rimmed glasses. (gasps) Yeah. And I would um, not. Yeah. And that
1: would be it. Well, that's that would be my okay. Whole thing. Well, this is similar. This is yes. the kind of camera that you might want to be photographed with, where yeah. you're kind of contemplating it. Or it's just cunningly set on a side table in oh, the yes. background. Oh, yeah. Like it
0: doesn't even matter to you. It's it so doesn't even cool. matter. Like I just right.
1: leave it there. I just you know, it's just there for yeah. me to shoot with when I feel I don't like need it. that. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I'm really glad you don't think about that game because this is again an <laughs> example of how you are a better person <laughs> it's not than true. I am so yeah so I'll never get rid of this I mean the medalist was ugly ugly and ungainly this right. is
0: beautiful and ungainly It's beautiful. and therefore
1: I will keep it and now you're making me feel like maybe I should order a couple of rolls and shoot with I it I want
0: cause... you to order a couple of rolls shoot one more time that's okay. sort of what it, where I'm at with the, now the C-330 which is really annoyed that I've been talking about it <laughs> um, I think I'm going to have to take it out next week and just okay. give it one more try um, you know See what Do happens. you have? I don't know if I've asked you this. Do you have framed photos of, that you've taken around your house? No, because just had I just had the house painted. Oh, okay. And um, but do have pictures I would like to put up. That you take, pic- that your I'd own take. work. Just, just, just a couple. Yeah. I have a couple, just a few, and they're not
1: even like I have a photo I took on the set of will and grace when we were shooting the hundredth episode uh, by the sheep's head lake in central park and there's a hundred couples in wedding gowns and tuxedos so right. it doesn't even it doesn't have anything to do with any my skill as a photographer it's just an incredibly arresting shot um so i have a couple of them but i have this samsung tv that's like a picture frame and you can upload your own pictures to it and it'll just rotate through them how fantastic. And you know, the reason I'm thinking about this is I took like my 25 favorite images and uploaded them to the TV. And it's kind of pleasing because I walk past the TV and I'll see a pic- pretty picture I took of my girlfriend, or I'll see a really nice portrait I took of my son, or a landscape or something. One of those pictures, in spite of me like crapping on the Bantam Special, was taken with the Bantam Special. One of oh, them. Oh, wow. Interesting. One of my 25 see? favorites. There yeah. is something there. So now you got me thinking maybe I, I spoke too harshly Ever. <laughs> hmm. All right. So do you have a, just to close this out, this is our spotlight section. Yes. Your most despised camera that you're about to get rid of or one you are just on the precipice with, like
0: just about okay. to. I love, and I know you love this camera too, or similar, the Polaroid 195. Oh, is this it is when yeah i love it i love the portraits i've gotten out of yes. you know what i don't like when it jams and when it's the worst. I can't get the film yeah. out and on and on i want to take it and throw it against the yes. wall yes and then i see that i love the pictures it's it's that kind of thing where I play, but i won't get rid of that i'll never get rid yeah. of that even the, though you can't get how much film do you have for it i have a few things left I gotta give you I some. I, have yeah, I I love shooting with it and I I love the camera. The other is the um the Bronica medium format, the SQ Which, and the SQ oh, AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I used them once. I bought them in pre mint condition, and now I am those are the two cameras that I am ready to part with. They're on probation. They're on probation. Um what? Nice tell me cameras. again.
1: I what is the is that's a medium format? Medium format right, square or rectangle? Yeah, square, square.
0: Okay, and right. uh, produces great pictures. It's just to me, it's an awkward system. I know people love them, and um, I am those are going to be the next two that I sell with the lenses okay. and the backs and the whole All right. thing. And the other, um, I don't have one of these, but you love those half frame cameras. You bet I do. What? What do you have? I don't. Oh, I almost had. I almost. I almost did. The. Do you realize that they have full frame cameras now? Do you realize that? <laughs> what do you mean? That you they don't exist? Need- <laughs> 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 Let me explain something. Why do you need a half frame camera when they have full frame? Okay. You don't want half gonna, a camera, do you? I'm going to tell you. You want a full camera. You don't want. Here's a half camera. Okay.
1: <laughs> I am a cultist about half-frame cameras, and I have a lot of them, including some exceedingly rare ones. I have a Pentax KX half-frame that I am convinced is one of a kind.
0: Do you know they're just half-frame? They're still half-frame. Yeah,
1: okay, all right, yes. Here is what I like about a half-frame camera, and I'm going to talk from a utilitarian standpoint for a moment, and then I'll talk about... Okay,
0: Okay. utilitarian
1: standpoint, you know how you have your M6 over your shoulder all the time when you're on Mm -hmm. set? I have an Olympus Pen EE3 in my pocket when I'm on set. I and love it the is look perfect of that camera. Yes. Because it fits in the pocket. It, I can stick it in my back jeans pocket. I can pull it out and shoot it. And people are unawares. And so I can get great candidates. People don't even know. I can be directing a scene and shooting pictures of the actors in the scene and nobody knows. And because there are 72 shots on the roll, who cares if you screw up 10 of them Who cares? You never run out of film. You never have to reload. (laughs) Right. So that's why. That's the utilitarian reason. I love... Little bitty bitty. Okay, yes. (laughs) Itty bitty negative. Same problem as the Minox to an extent. You don't want to go with super, super fast film. The best film to shoot is either 200 or 400. I like things that are weird and exotic and strange. And I also love... Fantastic industrial design. And the Olympus Pen FT is one of the great pieces of industrial design of modern cameras. It's got, you know, rotary shutter. How badass. It's an SLR with no pen- peniprism. It's really I cool. I mean, yeah. And so the Pen FT, in a lot of ways, was the gateway drug to my fascination with half frame. And so that's why I have a lot of them. But I have weird things. In addition to the Pentax KX, I have a Konica FT1. Pro half, which is a rare variant of the FT1 that's a half frame with a motor drive. So you can shoot, choo choo
0: choo 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 choo
1: which is really fun. Right. right. I,
0: agree. I, I believe shooting it would be very fun.
1: Yes. If you like But not t- your jam at all, I know. I know. No, I know. Matt Mirage on FPP, he gets enraged when they talk about half frame. Half frame. He That's barely funny. tolerates thirty-five millimeters. So, like right. half frame is like the worst. A one ten hates one ten. I kind of like one ten. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> cameras are fun. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So okay. Uh, let's like, finally. I do have one other camera that I that I was infatuated with. That may be on its way out the door. Right. I don't even want to say this out loud. The robot royal. <gasps> Why? I'm not going to do it. It's just on probation. I have the Robot Royal 24, right. which is phenomenal because it is one of the only, again, one of the only, you'll hear me say this a lot on this podcast. Yes. It is one of the only 35 millimeter cameras that shoots a square frame. Square frame. Yeah. Gabe. I know. The square I love square frame. frame. Square frame square is frame. exciting. Yeah. If you had a 35 millimeter camera with a square frame, you would shoot that thing and you would yeah. enjoy it, right? And why is it on probation? It is a clockwork drive. That's fine. Clockwork drive is fine. It's extremely well built, but it uses these custom cartridges, these rapid load, you know, you know, the rapid loading system is anything but rapid. And so when you're loading the camera, you have to take this special cartridge out and pry it open, feed the thing into it, put it shut, put it back in the camera. It's a just loading and unloading. This thing is a massive pain. That's it. That's why it's on probation. It's just, it just hurts, you know, just even like you just wear your fingers out, trying to like turn the thing to get it to pop up so you can release the cartridge and load the thing. You have to take the whole reel apart. to. Uh, have you thought of sitting a-
0: down with it and giving it a talking to?
1: Well, it's interesting. I bought this camera from Casual Photophile. And I had been interested in the Robot Royal 24. And I was looking around at the reviews and so forth. And there was this big profile of it. On right. Casual Photophile. And they said at the bottom, this camera is for sale. Oh, that's the best. So yep. I bought the actual camera. And in the video that James from Casual Photophile did, he talks about what a pain it is to load. <laughs> He's like, know what you're getting into. Know right. what you're getting into. So, but it is it is a gorgeous thing. It is one of the most superbly built cameras oh, that definitely. I have Oh, definitely. It is like a quality build, um, but... I I don't know. I just, it's, it's, it's in, it's in the, you know, if I had a camera jail, it would be sort of in camera. jail Right, right. exactly. Well, thank you for spending an hour with us, faithful listeners to talk about the unwanted.
0: We really appreciate Um, it.
1: Yes. We are eager to hear from you once again. Thanks to our, our sponsors at the sunny 16 podcast for continuing to give us a home. As always, you can contact us with ideas, through the sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com address or you can find me and Gabe on the Instagrams. Gabe, the Instagram. well, how do they find
0: you? At Gabe Sachs on Instagram.
1: And I am S. Jeff Greenstein on Instagram. So please look us up.
0: And thank you again, Fred Corey. And thank you, Keith. I mean, we really yes. appreciate it. We needed your help and you pulled through.
1: Yes, so we will play you out now with a song that is either called Freddy's Back or Gone, Gabe, Gone. Is that the alternate (laughs) title? one of them. Right? By Fred Curry. Thanks again to Fred and to Keith. Check out idreamofcameras.com for all our cool-ass merch. Let us know what you think and enjoy your January.